This episode brought to you by Gorebox, the only monthly subscription box that gives horror fans what they want, actual gore. When you sign up, you will receive a box each month filled to the brim with officially licensed collectibles celebrating the two-term Vice President Al Gore. The fellas down at Gorebox have the inside scoop on where to find the latest hard-to-find climate change literature and merchandise. They aim to provide you with a unique monthly experience through their boxes, which are curated specifically for Al Gore fans. No Mike Pence. No Spiro Agnew. Just Al Gore. Sign up today for yourself or surprise a friend with a monthly subscription. That's Gorebox. Sign up today at algore.com. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible wow that didn't sound good hey welcome horror fans this is your boy bryce hansen (laughs) i'm an expert because i got a phd in spookology and across from me sits professor david day the foremost expert in scaring on us Say hi, David. Hi. David, David, David. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. So uh, this is another one of those new releases. We're going to be talking about Antlers. You could write the, uh, you could write the name of the movie. In I there. did. It's right at the top of the right, page. Right there. Um, a cool thing you may not know about horror movie talk, we have the very best community of any podcast you've ever listened to. Check out the community at facebook uh our facebook group for horror movie talk is fantastic also please go to our website horrormovietalk.com there you'll find links to past episodes links to all of our social media networks but most importantly right now we're taking a listener survey Uh, we want to learn more about you and about what you like and dislike about the show so we can improve horror movie talk Um, it really help us out if you go to horrormovietalk.com click on the link there's a there's a banner on the home page underneath the main player and then on the episode or pretty much any other page it'll be on the sidebar um a link to the survey doesn't take too long like what what did it take you like five, five minutes. minutes yeah um yeah, just, we're just really looking to find out how thick you guys are and how mm-hmm. thick you want the show it's pretty thick usually the answer is pretty thick the last time we took a listener survey was at the end of 2018. Yeah, about so we're about, um, what would that be? Like five months into the podcast? And we were astounded that we got five responses. I We got a lot more than that. Nope. We only got Maybe five. like seven. No, I, like I don't think almost so. Almost none. No, we got, I think, I remember. How many do you being, think it was? I think it was something like 15 to 20, if I recall. Well, we'd have to go back and look to for for you to be right or for me to be right. Right. We could do that. If well, you yeah, want to. I would love to do that. Okay, I'd um, love to take bets on it. We should do that. Okay, let's take a bet. Okay, is it 
More than 10 or less than 10? Oh, more. I say less than 10. Okay. Okay. How much you want to bet? I'm, I was just going to like have it be, you know. Oh, just a gentleman's yeah. wager? Yeah. I mean, right. we could do a buck or two. You want to do two bucks? Okay, two bucks. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so go to our listener survey. Fill it out. Um, we do watch parties every second Saturday, so that's probably... The Saturday of this release. Mm-hmm. Um, so go to streamlounge.io and sign up for a free account there. Um, we've just found they're the best place to do watch parties. Um, also check out other social media like our Twitch channel, uh, Twitter, uh, Instacart, and uh, etc. We post new episodes every Wednesday. If you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Pod Chaser. Chaser. I think. That's right. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail uh, to ask us a question or let us know how we're doing, uh, well, to let us know how we're doing, fill out the listener survey. But if you want to talk to us, call 682-253-4468, and uh, you may be featured on a future episode of Horror Movie Talk. Got a great show today. Um, we'll start out by giving a brief review of Antlers and give our score for the movie. We'll score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being a perfectly average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. Mm. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film, and then later on we'll be doing a new game. <gasps> called ruin the movie oh so we've done a game before of make it better Mm -hmm. this is the inverse of that and we'll uh, describe that more in detail when we get to it um so we went to see antlers and uh i'm gonna skip the trailer because there's no dialogue or anything in it okay just a bunch of sounds um but i was uh pleasantly surprised it can be found in theaters right now it tells the story of meth cookers who inadvertently disturb an ancient evil and the middle school teacher and student that suffer the consequences. Carrie Russell stars as Julia Meadows. Good morning, Julia. Who has returned home to begin her first year as a middle school teacher while dealing with trauma and guilt surrounding her childhood. She notices a student displaying signs of trauma. Uh, Jeremy Thomas plays Lucas Weaver the young boy that resembles a Tim Burton sketch. Uh, he is hiding the secret of his sick father and brother and his addict who he is taking care of. Their sickness makes his father a rage-filled, ravenous monster, and this is problematic for young Lucas. In the marketing of Antlers, it heavily pushes Guillermo del Toro's name, but he only produced, and it's actually directed by Scott Cooper, who has mainly directed dramas before, such as Crazy Heart and Black Mass. It shows here, because the drama in the internal world of the characters is front and center throughout most of the movie, it turns what could be just a special effects demonstration monster movie into an actual story with stakes. I was looking forward to this movie. I wouldn't say I had high expectations, but it definitely piqued my interest. The trailers show very little, which is a good sign for me, but really sell the movie based on the performance of Jeremy Thomas, which is great throughout, in my opinion. Um... Out of all the new releases this year that I was looking forward to, with that caveat, this is the only one that actually delivered. This is a compelling and emotionally complex film, but it also has some of the year's best gore and jump scares, and I highly recommend it. I think this is one that people should see. 
What say you? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, I'll say this, it held my attention well. Um, I don't think I'm as jazzed on it as, as you are. I had no expectations for this, although it is one of those movies, um, that I had heard a lot of rumblings about. It seemed like hard horror fans were just like, oh baby, oh baby. And they've had a long time to ruminate on this one. This one got pushed back a lot, I Mm -hmm. think, uh, if I recall. But, um... It was it was kind of slow in parts, uh, and I and I feel like um, I feel I guess I guess my main beef with this is it's is there's a better version of this for me out there, and it's called The Ritual, and it's available on on Netflix. Um, but it does have all the elements of things that I like. Uh, it's based on myth. I love I love myth come to life. Um, it's it's got plenty of trauma and uh and and drama it's got good acting um you know i i guess i was a little distracted too by <laughs> but here's a dumb thing you know mm. how i harp on you for things that i perceive okay. as being dumb i can't wait um well this you're probably going to tell me what you think about this take it's set in oregon I know what you're going to say. And this is not Oregon at all. This is this is the, some movie director's version of Oregon, which is British Columbia. <laughs> they they uh they take they take the idea of the Pacific Northwest and they go, "Well, Oregon is the most Pacific Northwest place I can think of in the United States." And the reality of it is people when people think of the Pacific Northwest, what they're really thinking of is the Pacific and North. Like, the more North you go, the more Pacific Northwest it looks. Oh, I don't know. I can think of, like, coastal towns or rural Oregon towns that look like this. No. What's the, what's the part that's... No, you cannot. That's not Oregon. Uh, these these jutting, jagged peaks and all of these little uh, these little islands around offshore. That's the, And then these, these nice flat plateaus with these massive... Um, verticality just rising out of the ground. That's, I mean, this was all shot in, in British Columbia and, uh, none of it was shot in Oregon at all. And it shows like mm. so blatantly to me, like, I'm just like, that's either Alaska. That's either, you know, that's e- these, this is like Prince of Wales Island or something like that. Or it's British Columbia, mm. like right on the coast because it looks nothing like Oregon. It looked to me, uh, but that's this is my picky dumb thing that I just that I'm just obsessed over the whole way through. I'm like, this is in Oregon. This is in Oregon. It's not Oregon. <laughs> you confirmed that it was filmed in British Columbia. Yeah, I hope British Columbia. It's a, a lot of films have been filmed. A, a lot of places. Rambo, like yeah, yeah. First Blood was was shot here. I mean, it's it's very very British Columbia. Yeah, that is pretty picky. Yeah, it bothered that's, me a lot. Because they kept weird. being like Portland. You kept hearing Portland weather and stuff like this and on the radio and like it's just like I don't know, it just just drew me out. But I mean you're probably more familiar with the geology geology of Oregon, but I I could imagine places with jutting rock features like that. Not on the coast. Way. No. Nowhere if, on the No. Mm mm. No. 
There's cliffs on the Oregon coast. There's, yeah, sure, but nothing that looked like this. These these are mountains that are coming out of. So you have these 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 flat plateaus or these river basins that are deadly deadly flat, mm-hmm. and then and then you just have these mountains just like knife edge peaks with snow at the top mm. all the way around, and it's a very different. It's a you start getting into this territory. Yeah, in, you wouldn't have snow on on the coast in Oregon. You start getting into this territory in like northern Washington around Darrington, but really not like not the way this movie is mm. until you get into British Columbia. It's it's a little town. It's like it's just uh, east of uh, Vancouver. So it's yeah. Wow, this is what it feels like. Huh? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it feel petty and stupid? Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel all the time. <laughs> so, um, but I did have a good time with it, and it's a great creature feature. Yeah. I mean, a fabulous creature feature. So let's get into scores. I give it a really high score. I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I could see a lot of people agreeing with you on that, and I'm not far off. I, I call this a seven, just because it, it, it niggled. There were things about it that niggled at me here and there, um, because of geology geography mostly yeah geography and geology yeah um no i mean you know also it was kind of slow hey there's an we got podcast cats that just show up man there's been a lot of cats around my neighborhood i think there's like i think these cats are fucking yeah like because i've been wouldn't it be great if they showed up in these little ditch windows that you have and just fucked in the ditch window (laughs) (laughs) that's my fetish um (laughs) yeah they walk they walk by and look at me all the time. They, they look at you? <laughs> the baby look at you? Yeah, so I, I give it a seven. It ju- There were a few things that distracted me about it, and it was kind of slow in parts. But uh, overall, a well-done a well done body horror monster uh, movie. So, speaking of horror, because that's what this podcast is about. We have some very special sponsors that we want to tell you about. First, nightchannels.com. They are, for us, the premier store for horror, occult, metal, and alternative music wear. They've got t-shirts and hoodies. So when you're, if you need a, a warm hoodie with a persona on the front of it, Go to nightchannels.com, and really, it sells itself. All you have to do is go to nightchannels.com for us and browse, because that's what we call the Night Channels Challenge. If you go and browse the site, you're going to find something um, that you want that you're not going to find anywhere else. They do their own unique prints of some pretty niche horror movies. Um, I've gotten several. They've they've got some really good... uh, the witch designs i'm wearing one right now from from 1984 the book um what what were ones that stood out to you i love i love my mayhem shirt i love my tremors shirt they got a chatterer shirt from hell hellraiser um that one is really badass they got a society shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> all the deep cut movies with like really uh, unique prints that you really just haven't seen anywhere else. I think they have a Mac and me shirt. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So go to nightchannels.com and when you check out, inevitably use code HMT and you'll get 13% off your entire order. 
You get 13% off the scariest percentage when you use code HMT at checkout at nightchannels.com. That's right. And for our friends that are local to the Portland, Vancouver area, we have- Not British Columbia. Not British Columbia. Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, thank you. We have a special deal for you if you're local to the Portland, Vancouver area. A look into the mystical and a peek into the unknown of yourself. Head to bloomingwand.com, that's B-L-O-O-M-I-N-G-W-A-N-D.com, and schedule an appointment to see Emily. She's a tarot reader and an intuitive who blew me away with her honesty and calming demeanor. I went to the Blooming Wand for a soothing sound bath and some guided meditation, and I left feeling changed. What I experienced was something I would liken to guided meditation and therapy all wrapped in a cozy quilt with some nice candles. I will be going back to Emily because she made me feel comfortable and gave me some real insight into issues that I'm having in my personal life. It was basically therapy and I definitely believe in therapy. Um, if you need some help working through something in your life and you know, who doesn't, uh, if you live in the Portland, Vancouver area, head to bloomingwan.com and enter code HMT at checkout and receive 20% off your first session and let me just say, if if you are local to the Portland, Vancouver area, Emily is just a, she's a wonderful individual who, um, she has an uncanny knack for making you feel comfortable in it when you come into her space. And, uh, and it's a pretty cool space too. And um, the insights she gave me were pretty profound. So check her out uh, over there at bloomingwand.com and use that code HMT to get 20% off your first scheduled appointment if these ads are getting a little long for you i would encourage you to go over to patreon.com and sign up for the tier where you get early access to our episodes and we also cut out the ad portion so the entire mid-roll is cut out and jump right to spoilers so if you value your time and not wanting to press fast forward a couple times prove it by paying six dollars and 66 cents right Per month. Like, that's nothing. That's you, nothing. You buy coffee for more than that. That's like less than $2 a week. Yeah. Um, also, if we're talking about apparel, we have logo tees. If you go to horrormovietalk.com slash shop, you can shop there and also check out our stickers. Um, we mention every episode our lovely and talented resident artist, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. Please go visit his Instagram page at dgobel 0 That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram and uh, sub- subscribe to him. If you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again. Let's get into spoilers. <laughs> Good morning, Julia. Spoilers. Okay, so movie opens with some text, which I imagine was written by that that Indian crying a single tear Whoa. in the anti First Nation. First Nation. <laughs> Come on, First, let's, let's be respectful. Okay, guys, we're gonna do a guy being surrounded by wasps and dogs. A lot of wasps and dogs There's German shepherds and golden retrievers upon the reins. That made more sense than what you just said. 
So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. That was anyway. You know, you know the commercials I'm talking about, right? No, Have you ever heard about? Like, I'm back... off. I'm off. I'm off of this train. Okay, back in the day, there were these anti-littering or environmental. Do you know ads. that guy was Italian? Really? <laughs> he wasn't Native American oh, at wow. all. He was a t- Italian dude. But I mean, it makes a big point in the beginning of this movie to really underline like the importance of environmentalism. Mm -hmm. And it's given as the reason for why this evil is really released, even though not a lot in the story actually supports that other than them just saying it. I can't, yeah, I can't make any connection there. Cause really it was disturbed by these meth cookers going into this mine. Yeah. Had nothing to do. I mean, the mine was already dug. Like why? Oh, I guess the mine maybe. But yeah, why didn't the miners get attacked by it? Well, maybe they did. And that maybe that's why all those little offerings were, you know, the little I guess. prayer purses were all over the place. So it starts out with this father leaving his son in this truck and going down into mine and cooking meth. But he hears growls and skittering about. And then they're attacked by something. Um, we're not, we don't see anything, but like little tiny embers of fire like little things floating around yeah, look, in the look kind of like air. fireflies um and uh eventually the kid gets curious and and disappears into the mine as well so we're kind of given the impression that bad shit went down yeah. in the mine from you know ancient evil you know we we never grew up with fireflies but there's like massive amounts like th- th- these things are everywhere in other places. I don't they're kind of dying out. Oh really? I've heard that they're well, I mean oh, they, the the so fireflies sad. use the their glowing asses to to get laid, right? Gosh, that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> right. So so I mean the the fireflies they use their phosphorescence to be like Open up your heart to me in your arms. Let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Um, but since electric lights and like street lights and stuff kind of fuck with drown that. out, yeah, fireflies from seeing each other's asses. You know, there's another different cat. <laughs> What's happening? Thanks for the update. The studio HMT. This is very compelling to listeners. Well, hey, you did it plenty. Um, so the I lost my track of thought. Anyways, yeah, fireflies are kind of a dying breed. But I've been some. I've I lived in Dallas for a while, and there were fireflies, and it's like a magical, weird. It's so it's like, cool. Did I just walk into an elven land? Right. Yeah, it's so cool, and I feel like it's not represented in media very much at all. Like I. Like uh, the few times I've been out east, um, yeah, it's been like, oh my god, this is so magical and cool, and everybody's like, uh, fucking fireflies, and you catch them, and then you you crush their asses on the on the pavement, and it glows. What the fuck? That's why they're going extinct. Well, that and lights. Let's blame the lights. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. Um. So yeah, this is uh, the setting is a small Oregon town. The thing I thought this is what you were going to call out. This is the thing that pulled it out for me mm. is that it's a small 
Oregon mining town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're talking about mining coal. Right. Yeah. All those coal mines in Oregon. Yeah. I had to check it. Mm-hmm. I had to Google it. I'm sure there are. There are like two. Some. I think more historically, there have been coal mines in sure. Oregon. Down in Coos Bay, there is some coal deposit mm-hmm. that's probably been all mined out now. But they talk about um, this being a mining town. There's on the radio, there's this like report of like, oh, we're going to revive the coal industry and they're going to start doing mountaintop yeah. mining. That too. Yeah, that bothered me as well. And I'm like... Was this supposed to be set in Virginia? And the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, really? The This movie was based off of a short story. And in the short story, it was set in, like, Virginia. Or somewhere where there would normally be coal mines. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, that pulled me out because there's no coal mines. No. At all. No. The West Coast, precious, precious metal mines is one thing. Yeah, like gold and silver, sure. But if you're going to, like, exploit the land for gain, like, it's a lot easier to cut down. And regrow trees. And regrow trees that are, like, plentiful. Yeah. A lot easier than moving the earth. It was a weird choice. And it's especially a weird choice that they just didn't change it. (laughs) It's like. Right. Okay. Well, it was supposed to be set in Virginia. Well, they don't mine. Or even anymore. if they, yeah, even if they just said it was a silver mine or something. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and then it goes to this new teacher, Julia. That's all super nit. Good morning, Julia. Good morning, Julia. <laughs> and, um, she has recently returned to her hometown and is living in her childhood home with her brother, the mm-hmm. sheriff. And she's teaching her first year at middle school. And in her class, she notices this little boy, Lucas, um, kind of a stereotypical scrawny kid that gets bullied. Mm-hmm. But what she really recognizes is that um, he obviously is abused. And she has a past, and we're given flashbacks um, from Julia. Good morning, Julia. That shows that she was abused or had some kind of trauma in her past from her father. They're pretty subtle with this. Yeah, pretty subtle. And then it, and then it has a flashback that's like pretty blatant, but also a little befuddling. Yeah, it felt like if you know what that felt like to me was like. Okay, they're going to expand on this. And then when they didn't, I I just settled on, oh, they just they just cut too much out and they forgot about this part. <laughs> they left Maybe. I mean, the thing that they showed was like that was like weird that it was almost like in that scene in The Shining where it shows the guys blowing each other. Right. It shows her father like naked on in her a, bed in a fetal position, in a fetal position, like hugging a big teddy bear. It was very strange. It was so. It wasn't like showing him like hugging her, and that that would be pretty fucking disturbing. <laughs> like I don't think now that I think of it, you couldn't really show like a full grown man spooning a tiny girl in bed. But I think that's kind of what they were going for, or symbolically what, what they were trying to show. You just put a cock sock on it. 
Yeah, I think it's still pretty fucking disturbing, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, but but this movie goes pretty hard into the disturbing, yeah. um, so it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been out of place or unwarranted if they had done that. Yeah, I mean, it I mean, would it's... have made more sense and left me a little less jarred. Well, you can show exploded decom- decomposing bodies, but you can't sure show a naked man spooning a little girl. I'm. Look, I mean, I'd I, agree, I actually agree with that. You're right. Like, I, yeah. You say it in a joking manner. I, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they go pretty hard with the trauma. Like, that's a lot of the emphasis of the film is showing trauma, its long-lasting effects, the, the, um, what's it called? The bargaining you know, around that, the, the guilt associated yeah. with that. Um, and that is very present in Julia's character, but also, um, Lucas's story is, is around that too. So that she sees kind of, uh, game sees game, game sees game. She's very sympathetic to his position and how it is revealed is that he's drawing some pretty disturbing pictures and telling some kind of fucked up fairy tales of his own invention. So that's, um, what she's teaching and she's teaching about storytelling to this middle school and asking about like name a fairy tale or name a myth or a legend. And this is one of the things that drew me, <laughs> drew me out was, and this will be the nitpicky thing like yeah. British Columbia versus Oregon on the board or more that I got a kick out of. Did you notice the writing on the board? Because they're talking about storytelling and probably creative writing and stuff. On the chalkboard, she's got the words myth, fairy tale, legend, story, Native Americans. <laughs> it said Native Americans. It said Native Americans. That was the only thing not related it's to like stories. They were, it's like they were storyboarding this movie on the chalkboard. <laughs> there's a couple, yeah, there's a couple instances where it feels like there's an agenda that's kind of inserted yeah. into here. Um, some of it makes sense. Like the native American element. Yeah. Makes sense because spoiler, the sport, the story is about a Wendigo, right? Like that's, you know, native American legend. Um, and then also environmentalism, right? Like, because they're saying like the that, Wendigo's mad at environment, that the environment, that feels super shoehorned. The environmentalism. Part, yeah. Uh, on the, <sighs> I, I watched some interviews with Scott Cooper and he kind of made it a point of of saying that he was focusing on kind of these existential dread things that are, are happening in the world around like climate change. That it's it's horrifying to him that they're that his kids are gonna inherit this world of climate change and how they're gonna feel the ill effects of that. And so this, the movie's kind of about that, but mostly about a Wendigo. Yeah. Um, and they're given, they're, that's like given as the reason for why the Wendigo is like angry. But I don't know. It's kind of weird. And then the Native American doesn't, element. doesn't really line up very well with the Wendigo story that this movie provides, right? Right. The, the story about the Wendigo that this movie provides is, well. Uh, it was sick of ammonia smell. <laughs> For meth cooking. Well, no, the, the the story that this provides explicitly 
is is you know the the old uh, First Nations man is like whoa 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 this Jesus this is a, a Wendigo for mm-hmm. sure and they're like well how do you know and he's like well there's a, the story of the Wendigo the myth is um, there was some men lost uh, you know they were stuck up in the mountains it was snowing they didn't have any food and one of them you know succumbed to the to the weather and the other one ate him you know mm-hmm. he he. He cannibalized his his dead friend and uh, and it cursed him with the curse of the Wendigo, you know, mm-hmm. and where you where you've turned into this hideous creature that's made basically of antlers and kind of looks like a inside out deer, mm-hmm. um, kind of. Uh, but uh, and but, it's kind of amorphous; it doesn't really have a specific form. It can take many shapes, right? But it ha- it always hungers, and by eating it, weakens it. Now, as it eats. It is made more and more weak, and it is made more and more hungry. Right, and thing. it is so. It's like this tormented uh, soul that is cursed to wander the land indefinitely, right. just becoming more and more and more and more hungry. So, but that's they also kind of in the, the story that it proposes. Yeah, in that story though, they they fold in a little bit of like, you know, destroying the land. Like they, it's mentioned when he's talking about it too at some point. But yeah, it's it's not. It's not super relevant or like a huge feature right. of of what actually happens in the movie, but it's a point that the director is trying to make. Um, this whole, I mean, speaking of being um, uh, insensitive and and uh, racist towards oh no the First Nations oh no this is the type of story that is probably tiresome and annoying to. Native Americans. Now you're where it's thinking like, for them? Okay, look, it's the the old Native American man explaining about the legends and and like it's such like a Oh, hey, we can borrow this very very interesting um Native American lore that we don't really understand. And we can just use it for our story. You know, and there's the Native Americans have no significant part in the story necessarily other than just explaining it to the white man. Yeah. I mean, white man's stupid, you know, he is. it's like the, the trope in horror movies of like, Oh, it's they're They built on a Indian burial ground. It's like, okay, we're more than just burial grounds and legends. You know, we still exist. Yeah. I don't know, but do you really want to be the main focus? Of, we're going to, we're going to fuck it fuck it up somehow right and if you're the main focus it's gonna be way worse you know if scott what is his name scott cooper uh-huh. if scott cooper chose to make this a, a, a movie about native americans he's not he's not native american so he's gonna well i mean they up. took they took efforts and to be accurate like i'm not saying that they're completely insensitive or this is like uh Bad on their part, but I'm I'm just saying like this is one of those tropes that's very well trod and oh yeah, and I could see people, especially uh, people that are Native American, looking at this like and rolling their eyes like okay. This is why I like the ritual more because that's that's mythos from just fucking whitey, you know. And so it's like yeah, who cares if we get that shit wrong? Fuck them. <laughs> well, I mean, the ritual is a Wendigo too, right? Um, I don't, uh, I don't think so, but I, I honestly don't know. I can't recall. It's been a long time. It's very reminiscent of the design, the creature design of the Wendigo in this movie. 
um, you compare it to the ritual, and I don't, I honestly don't see it that much. Like it, it's it's a monster movie. Um, that's you know, it's a monster movie where you know there's there's dread and terror around a thing that's that's you know i i just kind of do the monster movie math and i go well this is a monster movie that's a monster movie and they're very similar monsters um yeah similar monsters i think the the feel of the ritual is very much like i just take a stroll through the scraggly woods like going and it's very like woods based horror and then like psychological trauma i mean i guess there there's a little crossover there yeah but the bigger element for the ritual is like a cult, like the ritual itself. And then the monster is like the the capstone of it. Like sure, this, they're, they're different movies. It's just... This I mean, feels... I mean, the ritual is more like there's people fucking with them for a while. And then the big thing happens in the end. This is like there's a monster in it the whole time. And like you're not shown the monster, but you know... Yeah, it's just... it's. Like I said, it's a it's just a loose association. Mm. I think if I, I were to go for a, a monster movie, the ritual fills a very similar niche um, in a better way. Like the tension in the ritual, great. I mm. love how 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 spooky it is the whole way through. And this is uh, this is more dreadful to look at. Um, yeah, it's, a, but it's less it, tense. It, yeah, I mean, it relies more on the drama. Right. And the yeah. the trauma and like the psychological element then the drama trauma. The drama trauma. The trauma drama. Trauma drama. Right. Um, okay. And it shows Julia several times. Sorry. Shows Julia several times eyeing booze, but she never actually Jesus. Yeah, she's clearly uh clearly working her way through um you know, just staying sober and good for her. Like that, yeah. that was a part of this movie that I, that I actually like, you know, I, actually the, the uh, it resonated with me a lot. Uh, I recently went back to the dentist for the first time since this whole fucking nightmare thing. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I went to a new dentist and so they have you fill out all this paperwork and they were like, well, good to see you. You know, you, you, it looks, they have you fill out all this paperwork and, and he's like, oh, some of the stuff people just forget to check, you know, like they just kind of run down the nose. But um, uh, do you, you know, uh, do you, it says here you, you check you don't drink. You, you, you drink. Like, oh, yeah, no, I don't drink. I was like, oh, and he was like, oh, and I was like, oh, that felt good. Like, hmm. wow. He was like, he was like impressed, you know, and I was too. Like, it was just this moment of like, oh, oh yeah, I guess I don't mm-hmm. like, no, I yeah, it was it was kind of cool. So in that regard, I very recently had something that that kind of like that in this movie, I was like, yeah, that that is good job, Julia. Wait right. go. Yeah. Um, kind of the backstory with with Julia and her brother is that yeah, Julia was preyed upon by her father, and at some point she left, like when she was. 16-ish? I'm, I'm feeling like a teenager. I don't remember if they said the exact it was age. It's pretty unclear to me. I, I didn't pick up a lot of this story. But, but what was made clear is that she basically left her brother behind. And there's a little guilt of not taking care of him or leaving him to be... Tossing him to the wolves. Yeah, tossing him to the wolves. 
And there's a lot of unspoken around that, especially from the sheriff, um, whose name is Jesse Plemons. Paul. Paul. Yeah. Jesse Plemons, by the way. He's great. He is just great. You'll recognize him from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, and then just a bevy of other things where he plays kind of smaller roles. But Well, he's he's starred in a couple things. Um, he was great in Fargo, the TV series. Oh, yeah. Um, that makes total sense. I mean, he's the perfect right. Midwestern character. And he was also fantastic in, I think, I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, I like still need was, to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Buckle up. Um, actually, I don't know. I mean, that's one of those movies that, like, it's probably more confusing than anything if you oh, don't yeah. get some of the references. I'm assuming you haven't seen Oklahoma, so there might be Oklahoma where the wind something 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 something. I was just talking about that movie Nebraska. Mm. Man, that was such a good movie. What, and what, what's that dude's name? Anyway, sorry, God, that's total tangent. Yeah, was that the one with like the SNL people in it? Um, I don't. And uh, what's his name? The I'll, old guy. I'll look it up. Anyway, so that's kind of the backstory there, and there's a couple really compelling moments from from that later on, and then, um, so she's got this background; she knows the trauma and the hurt from from that, and Lucas is very obviously experiencing something. Um, when they share their stories, Lucas tells this kind of disturbing three bear story, where it's like. Uh, there's three bears and then the little bear comes back and their insides are dark and black and they have insatiable hunger, but they're still a family. But they got each other and that's what counts. <laughs> that's such a little kid thing, you right. know, of, of like, oh man, this poor kid is like, this is a torturous life that this kid leads and they do not pull any punches on showing you every miserable little inch of this poor kid's yeah. horrible existence. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, the, the kid's uh, Jeremy T. Thomas, and he does fantastic. Yeah, he does quite well. I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm actually concerned about his well-being. <laughs> uh, watching this movie, he's he appears like some... I'm so jealous of these people. This is going to sound fucked up to say. So jealous of people who are just naturally very skinny and slight. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually so jealous or so I'm actually so concerned about this kid because he is yeah. so minuscule, uh, so skinny. And uh, yeah, there's a part where he was getting like examined and he was just like showed his back. And there was something about how he's sitting. I was like, whoa, there weren't many people in the theater, but I think I heard multiple people go, whoa. God, like, yeah, that was the moment in that almost everyone kind of was like, oh, dear. Yeah. Poor child. Um, So what we're told about what Lucas is going through is that his father and his brother are locked in this attic and he's protecting himself from them, but also he's nurturing them. He's, he's bringing them, them meat and feeding them, but also like just utterly terrified yeah you know and this is the the thing that i got out of like that whole storyline the main um you know lucas storyline is that it felt like a parable for being raised by drug addicts oh yes to where it's you are 
in this horrible, this dangerous situation where your parents are can become monsters from hunger and they're willing to sacrifice everything for their own needs and completely ignore you. Yeah. And the, the child is in a place where they're forced to also be a parent to their parents and to their, and to their siblings to where they have to, you know, you can imagine like a, a kid seeing their father overdose and, like realize, oh, okay, I better sit him up this way so he doesn't choke on his vomit. You know, like yeah. there's some. It gives a peek into into this horror that in this movie it's contrived and it's a monster movie, but it's real. But enough it's that, also not right because his dad's a meth head. <laughs> right, his dad is also cooking meth and probably is a drug addict. Right, but being told through the lens of people that don't know what's going on right. they look at it and they're like okay this guy has been picked up on drug charges several times before it's a meth house um this kid is obviously in trouble and you really it connects in your mind the reality of the horrifying life that some kids have around yeah. addiction and um yeah and and, and it's it really digs in to me where this little kid you know he hasn't he's still a kid and he still loves his dad and right. there's there's this there's this back and forth between his teacher and him where his teacher's sharing you know her what happened to her and you know she's an adult and so she's had time to kind of uh stew over this and now she's angry at you know her dad and mm -hmm. he he says something to the effect of you don't love your dad and and that's how a little kid sees this whole thing of still like he's your dad like you have to love him like yeah i mean rough. it's super tragic i mean i me and aaron got certified for foster care in oregon and we had a, a foster kid for a little bit wow um never knew that and just going through the training it 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 doesn't go into like it's one of those things where you enter a world where you're like wow i've never been exposed to this yeah. and even just what they're talking about casually is like as just part of the deal that's par for a course you're like jesus so you know stuff like being abused by your mother like physically or sexually or or anything you still can't get over the fact that it's your mom that you love your mom yeah. and no matter what the situation for the kid they want to be with their parents yeah even if it's bad for them and even if they get hurt yeah like none of them are like i want to escape it's like it's for their own good and right it's well it's baked in it's it has to be it's right. it's, it's it's a survival mechanism that's We've got millions of years of evolution behind it. You need mama. Yeah. So, um, so Julia, you know, takes Lucas out to ice cream and talks for, with him for a while, um, trying to figure out what's going on. And, and Lucas is very cagey and, and guarded about his father and tells her not to follow him. Um, he's like walking around and trying to trap animals and find constantly food for. trying to bring home some protein. Mm -hmm. Just, just, just roadkill if possible. Julie goes to the to her principal and is like, 
this kid is definitely being abused. Like something has to be done. The principal's like, uh, I'll get around to it. Yeah. Um, eventually the principal does get around to it and makes the visit and then gets eaten. It becomes the first, first, uh, person victim of that. We see. Yeah. That we see. There's, there's, um, there's a dead body found in the woods. Right. Well, half of a dead body found in the woods and the other half is found in the mine. <coughs> and, uh, man, they do not pull any punches when it comes to the autopsy on that body. Like I've never seen a shot that just dwelt on showing every intestine and like gore of the body on the slab, like panned up over it, which also tells you how good that, how good those the makeup, uh, those the makeup effects, effects were. were yeah they were yeah they were definitely good yeah it's a it definitely feels like a new like an emerging trend of you know you got possessor you got halloween kills mm. you got um the void that, that are all this that are all kind of kind of not afraid to shy away from showing these incredible shots of gruesome brutality mm-hmm. or gore and they do it really well and yeah and I like the trend. Um, okay, so then the principal gets attacked, and also they don't shy away from showing her fucking face getting eaten off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like her throat by Lucas's father. Um, and then he goes through the transformation where antlers shoot out of his face. Yeah. As one does. And his body just explodes, and out comes Wendigo. Yeah. Well, he, he, the aftermath of, of the Wendigo exiting him Uh is, it's bonkers. Right. It's just bonkers. Like, again, the makeups, the effects department, just insane. This thing is just completely flayed. I've never seen any effects quite like this. It's very unique. Yeah. And they, they went through, um, considerable care. I, I listened to some interviews with uh, Guillermo del Toro and, and Scott Cooper that they really um, were very specific about what they wanted with the monster that um, Guillermo del Toro was talking about. How this is, this is not like worldly. This is a God creature. So it's, it's bones, it's hair shouldn't look normal. It should look like, yeah, you know, eternal, you know, and um, it really comes across good. Like the creature design is fantastic, especially while it's when it has like that, the face hanging off of its head. Yes. It's like super disturbing. And this, this like movie does wears a mask. Like a yeah. Edgar mask. The, the movie does a real good job of, of uh, slow dripping out the actual monster reveal. It doesn't sh- it waits until the end to show everything, and I think when it actually does show everything, it's very effective. To I me. agree. Yeah, it's 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 a very impressive monster, and yeah, even seeing it full shot, like when it shows everything, it doesn't really lose that much. No, you're like, yep, I'm still terrified of this monster. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I feel like it's probably a better reveal than uh, than the rituals reveal. I did feel like the the reveal in the ritual was a little more corny, whereas mm. this was more reserved. And, yeah, and uh, and a better a better burn. 
Yeah, I remember you having an issue with, with the ritual around that. Um, okay, two things that pulled me out of this movie that I haven't mentioned yet. Okay, let's hear them. Um, first, the sheriff. Um, he's shown, like, packing a Colt forty five. <laughs> he's, like, packing a giant gun. And I don't feel like that's a thing with police anymore. I feel like it's pretty standard that they're going to have a 9mm Beretta or something. It's weird that it was that it pulled me out. That it was like, that doesn't look like a normal gun for a cop to carry. Yeah, but it was strangely like it. It's strangely kind of like the whole movie had this weird Twin Peaks vibe to it. It's like, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a current day town in quote unquote Oregon, but uh, but everything is just, like we're behind the times by twenty years. I mean, it would be even more believable if it was like a revolver. If you had like a six shooter, yeah, I instead of like so. a like a desert eagle <laughs> on his hip, right? Um, but anyways, it was a big gun for a sheriff to be carrying. Out. And then the other thing was in the school, in the middle school, it shows him showing a Shakespeare play on a projector. Shakespeare. I don't think there's been any film projectors in public school since we the late seventies. I watched at the I latest. Think, I think I watched. No, you watch things on a projector, like a real. No, real... no, yeah, no. I guess not. Yeah, because it was like a film projector. It wasn't like a project something onto the whiteboard, right? Right. Like right, showing right, right. the teacher yeah, yeah, write yeah, something yeah. down. And that was like, where are we? Like this wasn't. I grew up, you know, in the eighties, and I never saw a film projector ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, again, it just felt, those kind of things I'll feel like meant to set mood or something like like Twin Peaks. Okay. Um, so the ending. The ending has probably one of the best jump scares. (laughs) I've never seen Bryce I didn't just, I didn't just (laughs) jump. I was, you know. I've seen a horse fly. Over 400 pounds of, like, conniption fit happening. I've seen a deer fly. I've never seen a Bryce fly. Bryce flew. Yeah, I was, I, like, and I was sitting right lifted off of the seat. And it jostled me. I was not just, like, I was alarmed. It wasn't just a jerk. It was, like, literally my entire body, arms, legs were engaged in jumping off my seat. It was like Keanu dodging the bullets. He's like, no! And that scene was when the deputy or, or whoever was checking the shed and sees like the little boy hiding underneath the the towel or whatever, and he's you're expecting what it to happen is he's gonna pan over and see like the monster right. in the corner. Instead what happens is antlers jut through his chest in an instant. And it's the the sound in this movie is is all very quiet until it's incredibly loud right so big loud jump scare so i mean this wendigo antlers this wendigo antlers hard it's got these aren't normal antlers these are armor piercing antlers armor piercing (laughs) antlers because the cops are wearing like bulletproof jackets that doesn't stop wendigo no hell no wendigo is hard um so it's explained like what's going on from the the former sheriff who is 
um, Native American, and he explains the the lore around the Wendigo. I wanted to call out other horror movies that have a Wendigo. There's the Ritual, I think, is what it's supposed to be. No, it I, looks. No, it's 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 an old god. Okay, sure. It's uh, I had I, I thought I had it. It just looks exactly like a Wendigo. Um, and then another one that you uh, forget Wendigo about is nondescript. The the one that we always forget about is Pet Cemetery. Does that have a Wendigo? Uh-huh. What? It's never shown, but they mention it specifically. What about Wendigo? You're forgetting Wendigo. And Wendigo. Um, and then eventually they they track the Wendigo down to the mine again. And they call it a mine. Julia. Good morning, Julia. Is down there with Lucas, and she fights the Wendigo with, as I noted to David, a spear. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty she- effective. Oh, wait, no, it didn't kill the Wendigo. It was still up and raring to go, and then she had to stab it with a knife. No, it was down, and she stabbed it with a knife when it was on the ground from being stabbed with a spear. In any She used them. the knife to cut out the heart. She didn't use the knife to kill it. No, no, It once she put the, the spear through it, then it... It pretended to be down, and then it got back up and started running at her, and then she took it down with a knife. Yeah, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you'd have to resist. You know what would have bat. not been effective whatsoever? A bat? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, I mean, against Wendigos, sure, but the question is zombie. Right. So a much less intimidating, if there's less only one, If there's only one, then sure, the spear makes perfect sense, because mm-hmm. it's a one-and-done weapon, but mm-hmm. we're talking about literally millions of targets Mm. so it's better to be close range is what you're saying um what i'm saying is it helps to be proficient in the tool that you're using and have it not be like you know a skill shot based thing Mm, okay um so that was notable spears best and then i don't know about you like i this fight between julia and her fighting for lucas was strangely emotionally resonant for me like what did that did that hit you at all? The what around Julia? Just Julia fighting for Lucas. Like, defending Lucas and fighting this monster to protect Lucas. Did that resonate with you at all? Uh, a little bit in the way, you know, in the way that I wanted Lucas to be protected, sure. Right. Um, what, why don't you expand on how it made you feel? Well, there's just something very satisfying, and there's another level. It wasn't just like... Oh, the adult is fighting the monster to protect the kid. It was like Julia and Lucas have this shared trauma around their parents and Julia is acting as the protector, like basically protecting the younger version of herself. Sure. And there is, I don't know, there is just something that, that really touched me with that scene that does that doesn't normally happen with just any other action scene yeah i definitely have that feeling in my life but for some reason it didn't get triggered strongly while watching this movie i i I don't know why yeah i'm not sure why um the movie ends pretty quickly after that after the wendigo is dead um it shows the little brother starting to transform and doing little wendigo coughs and julia is like gotta put him down sorry we gotta we gotta go full throttle open up your heart 
to me in your arms. Let's go full throttle. She was telling the Wendigo to open up its heart to her so she could take it out and kill it. Um, so she explains, you know, lovingly to Lucas that she has to kill his fucking brother because he's going to turn into a monster. To which my initial reaction was like, mm, are you sure? Like, you know, you could... The one thing that they didn't try yet was medical attention. Yeah. You know, maybe go to You're your... You're risk this thing spreading. Maybe go to, you know, the Native American former sheriff and just ask him, like, is there anything that can be done for if I, this kid? If I learned this anything is, from... If there's any of those sacks... You got any of those sacks on you? Could we just, like, teabag this, this boy with all these Native American sacks? Could that help? If I learned anything... And then once the answer is no, then kill the boy if i learned anything from the void it's just don't go to the hospital <laughs> don't, okay don't do it stay away from there and then there's a real dark ending where i think they kind of assume that lucas is going to be like infected with it but it's actually paul julia's brother that starts coughing up blood the wendigo continues because of climate change <sighs> open up your heart to me in your arms Let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Um, so, final recommendations for antlers. This is <clears throat> maybe the uh, the hardest hard horror movie that's been released this year. Year next to um, the Night House. Uh, well, in terms of like gore and horror, like Halloween Kills is the closest that it gets. I don't to know. this. I, I, guess. I mean, I think this is more I guess, straight ahead horror. Yeah, like, I, I'm just doing it based off of my enjoyment of okay the movie. I enjoyed Candyman maybe a little bit more than this one, but this is definitely definitely up there. It's it's one of the better releases this year. It has not been a strong year. Um, for uh, for for great new releases. No. Um. But uh. But the, in terms of like, I would definitely say go see this if if you're if you're okay with body horror, contortion, um, just looking at gore, tremendous gore, close up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Watching someone's face get eaten off. There you go. Yeah, I, I that's or exploded, or exploded. Um. If you're into, uh, you know, watching people suffer, this is a good one as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this hits a lot of cross-sections for me. It was really satisfying. I, I highly recommend it. I think out of this one and Last Night in Soho, um, if you're looking for like a horror movie, like a straight-ahead horror movie, this is going to be much more satisfying to fans of the genre. Yeah. Yeah. Because... It's got, it delivers on the horror. The monster design is fantastic. I think the, the dread throughout is great. Um, and for me, the emotional core, the, the themes of trauma and, uh, protection is really great. Oh, there is one more moment that I didn't, that I didn't mention that is one of my favorite moments in the movie was when Julia blows up at her brother and like saying like, you know, he didn't, he didn't like uh, torture you. He didn't lock you up in the basement and like right. sexually abuse you. You don't know anything that he did to me. 
Yeah, and he so calmly just like just says you don't know anything about what he did to me. Yeah. And that was such a gut punch to me. Yeah. There's so much contained in those words. That was the heaviest part for me too. I was like, "Oh shit." Cuz it shows a different reaction to trauma. To where you know, it's with Julia and with Lucas, it's there's a lot sleeve. of... It's all on her sleeve, and she's very dramatic about it. There's but. a lot of outward signs. There's a lot of, like, um, coping mm-hmm. and um, cries for help mm-hmm. kind of thing. And for her brother, which probably, you know, as that line states, probably suffered as much, maybe worse than her, shows no signs. And let's keep it all inside, which somehow more tragic sometimes yeah uh okay so that's antlers go see it it's great yeah maybe maybe if you're a first nations person this will trigger you moving on to our our game new game called ruin this movie or ruin the movie so this game is the inverse of make it better so in this bit, we take a good movie and act as a studio executive interfering with notes to make it more marketable. <coughs> wow. Bless you. But end up making the movie worse. Okay. 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 So okay. we got to put our, like, movie exec sunglasses on. Okay. We just pulled up in our Porsche. We're watching the dailies of Antlers. What's the dailies? What they shot that day. Oh. And, um... We're going to give them notes for making this, you know, the next big hit. Okay. You know. Right. So. <laughs> okay. I got one right off the bat. This little kid, he's he's homely. He's small. He's not a big star. I say we replace him with Corey Feldman. All right. <laughs> I want Corey Feldman in this bitch. Sir, Corey Feldman is 40 years old. I want okay, him. All right. All right. Not Corey Feldman. Someone younger. Someone that's really resonates with the youth. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Thank you. Jonathan- get, kids love JTT. JTT is up in here. Or Corey. You know what? Corey Feldman is the bully. He's the bully kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next. A 40-year-old Corey Feldman. Feldman. Let's get rid of Carrie Russell. She doesn't work. No. No one cares about Carrie Russell. You know who's hot right now? Who? Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, she's relatable. Winter's Bone. She, she uh, looks good in a dress. Mm-hmm. By the way, let's get her in her dress. Let's what? Let's get her in a dress. Right. We need her in a flowy. She needs to be more feminine. Yeah, sure. It's Oregon, quote unquote. But uh, it needs to be flowy. It needs to feel like you know summer. There's a lot of stuff about trauma and abuse. That's a real downer. I think that's really going to bum people out. It's going to really, you know, make this not appealing to general audiences. So instead of having horrible emotional and physical abuse in her past, um, let's just make it so that she got in fights as a teenager. I was going to say we just replace that with a time machine. All right. So now people love time machine. It's they wacky. Love time travel movies. They love hot tub time machine. It's huge. They love Back to the Future. Here's the time machine. The Wendigo's the time machine. 
Okay. We got to hop on the back of the Wendigo. And it runs real fast. You go 88 miles per hour. There you go. Spark shoot off of it. Boom. Big boom. It's got to be a big boom. Mm-hmm. Jump scares everywhere. This thing isn't scary enough with all this subtlety. Yeah. I don't like that shit. I want blaring. I want blaring car horns constantly. See you later, buddy. To every time, every time they come around a corner in a dark alley. Oh, honk, honk. So let's make it so that she left not because of trauma, because, but she had arguments with her mom and her mom wanted her to not date, uh, who would be her love interest, Chris Pratt. Uh, and, uh, and her parents aren't dead. Her mother's just older and there's a lot of back and forth. In fact, let's just get rid of the kid. We don't well, need- I thought we did. We got we put a JTT in there. Yeah, but we can just get rid of that character entirely. We don't need it. We just need Jennifer Lawrence. And instead of some gloomy Gus Sheriff, let's make him real goofy. Oh, uh, okay. So, um, uh, the cop from Scream. Yeah. Um, kid, kids love the Scream. What's David Arquette? Yeah, David Arquette. But since we want to make it more um, present, we should use Patricia Arquette. That's a good idea. That'll net us a bu- that'll get us big cred with the uh all the crowds. <laughs> all the crowds that uh, I can't mention. I mean, we can't say what what we're Who doing. can really say anything yeah. ever? Um let's just say people will be transported into the story. Right. Um Trans I think what else? More environmental stuff. Oh we yeah. We need to have Big storms. Not just big storms. We're talking about, you know, the end of the world. You remember that movie that was like, that was like, well, first New York flooded and the Statue of Liberty, but then also it froze, like it flash froze. Yeah. Lots of landmarks getting exploded. Right. Yeah. Like Independence Day. Yeah. (laughs) The the Independence Day of of environmental issues. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. There'll be a polar bear floating by on an iceberg. All right, so get rid of all this shit. We're going to start from square one. We're going to start with uh, bickering mother and daughter. Okay. She gets kicked out of the house, and then flash forward. Mother's still alive, and they're still bickering. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, well, I, I've got to resolve this relationship with my mom. She comes across a Wendigo. Time travels back. What does she like? Is she like making deals like... Like making deals with the Wendigo is the Wendigo talking to her? She just hops on the back. It's kind of a magical story, like she meets a unicorn. In the I woods. feel like we need an interesting side story for those who might not be. Can we have the a, a female Wendigo with lipstick as a love interest for the male Wendigo? Yes. Yeah, like lipstick. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like Gremlins 2, that bitch. You're speaking my language. So they go back in time, um, resolve that story, come back. Um, but now the Wendigo, um, got to get it. Is on the outs with the with the other <laughs> Wendigo, and so Goofy Sheriff ha- and Jennifer Lawrence, who's also just naturally goofy. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is naturally goofy. Sure. Um, yeah, they they play you know matchmakers for for the Wendigo. So sheriff is like on the side of the male wendigo and jennifer lawrence is on it's kind of like parent trap yeah but with wendigos yeah it's like as good as it gets yeah but for wendigos (laughs) 
Um, they go on a road trip. Jennifer Lawrence, the sheriff, and the Wendigos. And they come back, and they're all better. And they've grown, and they all love each other. And we end with the Wendigos really fucking. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, and, and, and... At some point, it's got to get have a little bit of meet the Fockers in there. Yeah, it's got. We meet the Wendigos' parents. Meet the Wendigos. Yeah. <laughs> I have gore splats. Can you milk me? <laughs> it's gonna make thirty million dollars. Oh, if it makes a dime. Yeah. Yeah. This is going international too. Like this will be this will be huge. We're translate the name in Japan. What will the name in Japan be? It'll be some, some like extremely long, too obvious, like mm-hmm. the the tale, the tale of of the hungry dragons. Wendigo time machine. Yeah, lovers. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. I think we there made we go. it worse. I think we did it. I think we did it. I think we made it worse. All right. Thanks everyone for joining us for horror movie talk. Um, we will see you next time. Go check out horrormovietalk.com. Please, again, take that listener survey. If, you've, if you're one of the people listening to this last part, we know that you actually listen to us, and we your opinion matters to us. We'll see you on the flippity flop. See you on the flip flop. You guys have a good week. We love you. Bye. Open up your heart to me in your arms. Let's go full throttle. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted casts, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rum. kiss. Bryce Hansen, look at them hot kids, Chris Henson, masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist, face huggers, chest bursters, alien, Linda Blair, Pino, Sigourney Weaver, I know it's true cause it came from social media, Patrick Bateman can't understand you, stab you to death for rotten apple reviews, opinionated podcaster with a doctorate, spook allergy doctor with philosophy, Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Killer on the phone, 
over Portland, Oregon, and Oregon's Corona, COVID, Curse, Lorona, Green River Killer, because reasons, hallway of poop monster kids screaming, it's your ordinary dingleberry itinerary, 30 days shudder and jump scares, they fucking scary, time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes, use their white socks to catch their loads, to show them one titty, pretty, Paganism you should worship, they Teflon dicks Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast Shifty ass, stay spooky, poor man's digress Bugsy HMT Horror movie talk Hold on, they don't like Halloween Fuck them Good morning, Julia